0: Hey, Ralph. Hey, Jim. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. How about you? I'm doing pretty well, um, although I've had a couple of instances this uh, past week where I saw some people that were not being being very kind to each other. Ha-ha.
1: That sounds like an introduction to our topic this week of uh, compassion, You know,
0: following up on last week's, right? Uh, yeah, and, uh, you know, that... That might seem to be, in as much as there are any kind of rules for compassion, uh, that might seem to be one of the first rules, is to go out of your way to be kind to people.
1: Uh Uh-huh. You uh, have just mirrored what uh, Plato said some, uh, what, how many years ago for Plato? Uh, 2,000 and some. Uh Uh-huh. He said, uh, be kind. For everyone that you meet is fighting a harder battle than you. <laughs> it's just kind of an interesting thing.
0: Yeah, I mean, when when you stop to think about it, we are all walking uphill. And, you know, if you can be kind to another person, that might make their whole day. Hmm.
1: Interesting. You know, it, um, when, our, when our listeners... Um, get through listening to us and they look at the learn more uh, there's a little link there that uh, has quotes uh, quotations for compassion now we were talking about uh, uh, Karen Armstrong last week and she's the you know the compassion uh,
0: guru, guru uh, yeah. in modern times mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm.
1: but uh, if you look you will see that there are 3442 quotes about compassion so it's a topic that people have been, been looking at for you know quite some time.
0: Yeah, they, they visited it and revisited it. Now, Karen Armstrong has a book out, uh, and in the genre of today where we have uh, uh, 12 Steps to Free Yourself of Alcohol Addiction and 12 Steps to Free Yourself of Narcotic Addiction, she has 12 Steps. To a more compassionate life,
1: yeah. And we looked at some of those uh, headings at least uh, last uh, last week. Uh, here's one that is up in the quotes. The very first one. The only one out of the only way out of the labyrinth of suffering is to forgive. Uh, so that's a big part of compassion, and not only just to forgive other people, but sometimes to forgive yourself, right?
0: Yes, yes, and th- that's. Uh, you know, one of the things that uh people think to themselves sometimes is I can't be sufficiently uh compassionate because I'm too self-centered. I I'm not saint-like or or priest-like. I you know, I'm too involved with myself. Well, basically passion uh compassion begins with yourself.
1: Mhm. Good point. And compassion also according to uh Uh, Schopenhauer has to do with morality he says it's the basis of uh, our our moral imagination
0: yeah and you know uh, one of the uh, one of the things that people sometimes debate as a matter of compassion is capital punishment you know does does the state have the right to take somebody's life for uh, a crime that they've done no matter how heinous um, or uh, if we think of compassion as feeling with somebody, having empathy for them, um, do we simply take them out of society and, and put them in prison for forever, uh, for the length of their life?
1: Yeah, it's an excellent question. You know, I worked in a prison for five years, and uh, up in Canada. And uh, there were a number of people that uh, were in Kingston Penitentiary who had been sentenced to death, um, and uh, including was one person I think who had been sentenced to death as a 13 or 14 year old, um, and then Canada did away with the death penalty. So here he is now, along with a lot of other uh, uh, people who are serving a life sentence uh, in a maximum security prison. And, uh, you know, is he ever going to get out? Well, I think he probably did get out. I I left before a lot of the people that I was working with left. But I did one study once, Ralph, that uh, uh, looked at 100 um, murderers, uh, uh, sex criminals, and um, uh, just ordinary thief-type crime. And it's interesting that the... uh, the, uh, Murderers, mainly who are in there with life sentences, had a healthier looking psychological profile than either the sex offenders or the uh, kind of you know, garden variety criminal. You know why? Well, they killed
0: to solve a problem.
1: You know, who do you yeah. kill? You kill your friend, you kill your wife, or you kill your lover, or you kill your wife's lover, or something like that. But, yeah,
0: or your business partner, mm-hmm. uh, you know. Um, and, yeah, I mean, the reality is as much as we love the television shows and, and the reality uh, things that uh, we read that, that talk about uh, multiple murderers and serial killers, uh, in effect, most murderers uh, are a one-off criminal. They have, they have one murder in them, and it's, it's for a reason, and they do it. Mm-hmm. And most of the time they get caught and then if you, uh, probably if you turned around and let them go the next day, they would never commit another murder.
1: Yeah, in fact, that is an argument that I heard uh, stated many times you know, that, uh, hey, you know, the, the parole board could uh, just turn around and, and let, you know, the murderer out and indeed, yeah, prob- we probably never see uh, that individual again. The problem is that occasionally we get a pretty high-profile crime, and uh, the parole board uh, having uh, political considerations uh, acts, uh, well, maybe overacts to protect the rest of the citizenry. It kind of reminds me of some of the stuff that's going on right now, Ralph. We're not going to get into COVID-19 today, but I wonder sometimes if we're overreacting.
0: Yeah, and uh, I guess my only think on that is that uh, there was a cartoon in in the paper a couple of days ago that uh, somebody was talking about the CDC and another character in the cartoon said what is the CDC and uh, the answer was uh, the Center for Disease Confusion. And, you know, I mean, right now you say, well, follow the facts, follow the science. But it's pretty hard to suss out uh, what is, in fact, the fact. I totally
1: agree. But, like I said, we're not going to go down that road today, right? Okay, well,
0: that's down our rabbit hole and back out again.
1: Okay. So, with um, uh, Armstrong and her 12 steps, step number one was learn about compassion. Okay, and if you take a look at the uh, three thousand four hundred and forty-two quotes, uh, you'll get a pretty good handle on what other thinkers
0: have said. Have yeah. said.
1: Uh, look at your own world, uh, and that's kind of interesting. Look at your own world. You know, a lot of us have the the idea that we have to look at something halfway around the world and fix it over there.
0: Yeah, uh, and a classic example, Jim, is uh, you and your wife starting the schools in Africa, which was um, a very useful and needed thing. Laudable, yes. But But. at the same time, uh, we have our worlds here, and we can look at our spouses and our children and our friends and say, uh, maybe some of my... uh, compassionate output should go to these people.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, last week you said, and um, it uh, really uh, convicted me, talking about some of the work that you and Karen have done with uh, the homeless in uh, Mount Pleasant. And, uh, you know, that's a perfect example of, n- of, say, Jim Carroll not looking at his world, but looking at the world halfway across the the. the Atlantic ocean in in the continent of africa uh there's enough need you know right here so yeah you it, it can get uh i don't know what we did in africa uh was interesting and like i say, i think laudable but uh, what you're doing here in mount pleasant is a good example of looking at your world right yeah okay
0: now you know there's there's another uh and and this is gonna seem like a jump shift to a lot of our listeners, but here's an interesting thing. The average uh compensation for a CEO in North America right now, uh, is fifteen million dollars.
1: Fifteen million
0: million. Okay.
1: Well, um that's that's more than I made as a university professor, I can tell you that.
0: Yeah. Now here's, here's the, the thing about that. Um, if we go back to 1985
1: mm-hmm. and
0: we look at what the CEOs were paid in 1985 and then we look at what they're being paid today, okay. that, that rise in compensation, if we took somebody who was getting the minimum wage in 1985, today working for the minimum wage... Theoretically, they should be getting $44 an hour if they were compensated at the same oh, rise okay. in salary. As the CEOs? as the CEOs.
1: Uh-huh. That probably doesn't
0: happen. Probably doesn't happen. I mean, people are very aggrieved when they say, uh, what, I have to pay these people $15 an hour to uh, serve hamburgers?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, and uh, we have to look at, I guess saying what does the compassionate part of our ideas suggest that we should be doing for uh, those amongst us who are maybe least able, maybe least ambitious, maybe undereducated. Uh, You know these these things are are all part and parcel of what goes into uh, somebody working at minimum wage. Okay.
1: Yeah. Good. Uh, good point. Now the third uh, step is something that you mentioned just a few minutes ago, and that is compassion for yourself. So you know you said that compassion should start you know at home. At home. Yeah. You know, the, uh, what we say in psychology is that the the psychologist must survive. You know I mean, the psychologist doesn't survive. You know, the, the clients don't survive.
0: Yeah, and it, by that we mean when you're doing therapy with someone, if their um, their problem takes over the psychologist, and so I'm dealing with someone who has anxiety manifestations and I become incredibly anxious, that doesn't work for either of us.
1: Right, indeed. So the uh, fourth step is... Uh, something we talked about last week and that's empathy which I think we kind of concluded that empathy was um, uh, compassion or feeling with action right? Yeah. That you, with the empathetic response we're actually doing something yeah
0: okay. uh, you know if you look at somebody who's uh, living in a box under a bridge and you say oh I feel with you brother but you don't do anything about it your empathy goes nowhere
1: right right Um, so the uh, uh, the response then is to ask oneself what can I do for the bridge box people yeah okay yeah
0: and you know the the other thing and and this is where maybe I guess I'm seeing the interface with uh, psychology to take away so much uh, is if we took every homeless person in America, every guy living under a bridge in a box, and gave them a home, Mm -hmm. it would not do nearly as much good as we think.
1: Um, Tell me some more.
0: Well, the reason for that is that many people are. There are people who are homeless just through a series of bad luck events. Mm
1: hmm. Right.
0: But there are people who are homeless because they are unfortunately not really functional in society.
1: Yeah, the, the individual who has a serious uh, emotional problem,
0: for example. Yeah. Yeah. And so you say, well, here I can give you this apartment and uh, you know, and then the person says, well, yeah, but to f- afford the apartment I have to have a job. No, 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 I'm giving you the apartment, you know, it'll you won't have to pay any rent, but I need to feed myself. Okay. Well. And I need to dress myself. And you know, it's all right for me to be wearing three overcoats when I'm pushing a shopping cart around the streets, but if I'm living in a real house, I need some real clothes.
1: Gotcha, okay.
0: And so on and so Uh, forth, and the snowball rolls uphill. So, you know, as much as you you might say, well, I'm so compassionate, I'm going to give everybody in my town a free house, Mm -hmm. or a free apartment. Yeah, you might find it doesn't work nearly as well as you think it should.
1: That's a good point. I was talking to a client yesterday, a young man who was, uh, I think, 13 years of age, and uh, his solution to the problems of the world was to uh, uh, just print money and uh, you know give every, just keep printing it and give everybody money. And I pointed out to him, and I don't know if it's here in the office or not. I don't think it is, um, that in my my a currency collection you know, I used to be a coin collector and a currency collector I've got a get this rope a ten trillion dollar bill
0: okay. ten trillion dollars in what
1: nation's currency Zimbabwe's currency okay and my 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 um, uh, what conclusion here uh, supposition is that you probably can't buy very much with that uh, uh, 10, yeah, yeah. Uh, trillion well, dollar bill.
0: It's like Germany in 1938. Uh, people were literally taking wheelbarrows full of Deutschmarks to get a loaf of bread. Yeah, I have
1: I have heard that. That makes quite a an image. You know, I haven't haven't seen any of that. But there's the same. That's the same example of the instead of you know, a wheelbarrow full, you can carry your one bill that just yeah. happens to be ten trillion dollars yeah and them.
0: with it you may or may not be able to buy a loaf of bread yeah so right. the, the problem of an endless money supply is that uh, bad money drives out good so uh, you know you end up with such an inflation rate that you can't print the bills fast enough
1: mm-hmm. yeah so what you're saying here is that uh, there aren't any real easy solutions that you really have to go beyond the you know I'll I'll fix the problem of homelessness in Mount Pleasant by giving
0: everybody a home Mm -hmm. and then what do you what do you do for the subsequent cascade of problems. Right,
1: right, I I get you there. Okay. So the the next of her steps after after empathy was mindfulness. And I think we just kind of stumbled into that because with, with mindfulness You've got to begin to uh, kind of forecast ahead just what the well, what the consequences of empathy could be or what the consequences of non-compassion, you know, could be. Yeah. 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 So it seems compassionate to do away with the death penalty, right? Right. But is it compassionate to warehouse people for the rest of their life in a you know, maximum security prison in a... You know, room that's about half the size of the office that we're in right now.
0: Yeah, and part of the problem with that is that even if we look at uh, private for-profit prisons, Mm -hmm. we're still looking at about $40,000 a year to house somebody in that kind of you'll be here for life um, sentence. Mm -hmm. Right. And so let's say that the person is Twenty when they commit the crime that lands them in this situation, uh, and they're going to live to be eighty. Okay, that's sixty years. Sixty years at forty thousand dollars a year.
1: Yeah, it's twenty-four thousand, twenty-four something around there. Uh, yeah, yeah, I get twenty,
0: twenty-four, $2, two million four hundred thousand dollars. Okay,
1: so uh, I sometimes stumble on the zero zero. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Kind of like the Zimbabwe bill. uh, It's a lot of zeros. mm -hmm. Well, I was uh,
1: working in the prison system in Canada in um, the 1960s. Right. And um, uh, some of my colleagues and I did uh, some calculations one day, and uh, we found that uh, for the same price as keeping someone at uh, uh, Kingston Penitentiary in a, you know, 12 by 12 cell and feeding them and and uh, not well and clothing them uh, not well um, that person could live uh, be fed and clothed uh, in Toronto at uh, the Royal York Hotel which at the time was one of the El primo hotels in the country of Canada yeah, yeah. so for the same same price you know we could, uh, we could you know, put somebody up in a luxury and that's kind of interesting too that would I think give us quite a reaction um, one of the things that we did do at the, the prison is that we pushed education and we thought that education was important because most of the inmates didn't have much of an education they dropped out at eighth grade you know ninth grade something like that even though they were bright um, and so we, we pushed education at Uh, at all levels, vocational education, elementary education, secondary education, and if a person had a secondary um, uh, equivalency, we would encourage them to go to uh, the university. And so one of the uh, newspapers, the Globe and Mail in in Toronto, got a story, uh, published a story of, uh, well, we thought it was a success story. So there's this uh, inmate who is leaving the... uh, Uh, Prison, um, uh, Kingston Penitentiary. Every day, um, going down the street to Queen's University, he's working on his bachelor's degree in uh, sociology, I think, something like that. Uh, And then he comes back at, at night to the to the prison. We had such an outcry from people, you know, who said, "I can't get my kid to get, you know, get my kid into Queen's University, and and I'm paying for, you know, this." Yeah, this guy just happened yeah. to have been a murderer. I'm paying yeah. for this murderer to, to uh, you know. And they were just, uh, you know, outraged. So yeah, yeah. So and we thought we were doing something that was good, but other people looked at exactly the same thing and thought, no way.
0: Well, you know, and that gets us back to the other, uh, the other saying, that, along with our 3,000 uh, quotes on compassion, which is, everything depends on whose ox is gored. So what's your what's your self interest in something um well my self interest is uh, that I'm going to be paying $25,000 a year to send my kid to uh to uh Queens University where somebody else is getting a free ride because they're a murderer. Well, my ox is pretty badly gored in that one.
1: Yeah, I I got gotcha. you. So well, this is the 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 next one here after it is action, you know, We've gotta, but the action, whatever it is, has to be reasoned. And uh, I think if we had uh, done a better job maybe, we could have ungored the ox by saying that, look, we're, we're investing money in this individual uh, and we're investing in a college education. So that yep. when this person does leave the uh, institution and just about everybody who um, is sentenced to uh, a long sentence in a, in a prison, just about everybody does leave at some point, very few people are going to be there for the rest of their life and die you know in, in prison yep. so we say, okay we've got a a person now who has a, a decent education uh, they've dealt with their substance abuse issues, their emotional issues. They're going to go out and they're going to work. And uh, hey, guess what? They're going to uh, make money and they're going to pay taxes. And those that tax money is going to go to, well, somebody yeah, else. Yeah, and I,
0: I have a classic example of that. When I first started teaching, I was in a program in Canada uh, teaching what was called at that time adult upgrading. This was a program that was designed for adults who had not completed high school. Okay. So some of them started as low as grade seven or eight, and they made progress through to high school equivalency. And what we found out looking at uh, the tax rolls was that if we could get somebody from below high school to 10th grade level, their taxes would pay for nine other people.
1: Uh-huh. Okay. If
0: we could get them to be a graduate and go on uh, to work as somebody who is a high school graduate, their taxes would pay for 15 other individuals. And if they go to university, their taxes would pay four twenty-five individuals.
1: Mm-hmm. So if you're going to sell a program like this you've got to be wise enough to be able to sell it on the uh, the, the interests of the guy, yeah. with, guy with the ox, right?
0: Right, so you know hey yeah we're spending money but in the long run we're making money back.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well the uh, uh, seventh step is kind of an interesting one because it
1: reflects upon what we've been talking about that is how little we know how little we know and by that I mean, or by that she means, that uh, when we go off to do something uh, uh, compassionate, we really often don't co- account the costs. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and, uh, you know, some of the time this stuff comes with uh, a fairly high set of unintended consequences. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I'm thinking of, say, Don Quixote going out and uh, and uh, uh, ending up chasing windmills and, uh, you know. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, the, the, the the next one, that would be um, the, uh, the eighth step. How should we speak to one another? How should we speak to one another? Okay. And by that... Is there a certain language of
0: compassion? I don't know. Uh, I think one of the things that uh, that often people confuse and confabulate is compassion with pity. Mm-hmm. And when I talk to To you, say you are a a homeless person living under a bridge in a box. um, When I talk to you in compassionate terms, I have to be very clear to you that I'm not talking to you out of pity. Hmm, okay. Because if I talk to you out of pity, you're going to resent me.
1: Okay. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, Confucius... Talked about talking, uh-huh. and uh, in, in working with uh, his his monks, one of the things that he stressed was to converse kindly, and be courteous to one another. Yeah, you know, and I can see that it could that my my discussion with the person in the box under the bridge could end up looking pretty harsh and judgmental, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: or it could end up looking really syrupy and oh I feel so sorry for you and mm-hmm. you know uh and I've talked to three or four of the people who came through the homeless shelter and ended up getting themselves back on their feet as we would say and they're now um, succeeding in society as uh as we usually measure that. And a couple of them have said to me, you know, I'm doing really well. I've got a nice apartment. I've got a car now. I'm back on my feet. I've got a decent job. But, you know, I was happier when I was homeless. No kidding. Yeah. Huh. Why, I wonder. Well... The freedom? uh, Yeah, there's a certain freedom. I mean, the the old uh, song that goes... uh, Freedom uh, it's just, just means another not,
1: word for nothing left to lose. Left to
0: lose, yeah. Yeah. And so when you're, you know, when you've got nothing left to lose, uh, hey, I'm free. Hmm.
1: Interesting. So in our uh, society, we equate stuff with happiness, but you and I have looked at that one before too. And, yeah, uh, and
0: you know the the saying that he who dies with the most toys wins is really uh, tremendously false yeah
1: he who dies with the most toys is dead
0: yeah yeah
1: (laughs) gotcha okay so the um the 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 next step in her 12-step program is concern for everybody concern for everybody now you know i don't I guess, have a lot of compassion for these CEOs that are making $15 million a year, right? Yeah. The the, uh, uh, the guys who are running Amazon or, or Microsoft or, or whoever. But, you know, maybe they're worth the $15 million and maybe by the kinds of work that they have done, they are actually, I'm going to use the word supporting, but I don't... Oh, that's the right word, a pretty big workforce around, yeah, yeah you know internationally and uh, so but you know we don't think of, uh, of you know, hey you know, poor old Jeff Bezos you know, he just yeah. doesn't, just doesn't want to uh, and yet you know I wonder what the circumstances of his life you know might be that, that we just plain don't know about.
0: Yeah, and again, uh, you know everybody's walking uphill. Mm-hmm. There's nobody who gets a free ride in this life.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, so the 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 next one, the the tenth step, is knowledge, and hopefully we've been able to uh, <laughs> uh, dispense ignorance. No, it's dispel ignorance. <laughs> yeah. well, I think we often uh, dispense some of that, drum. but to to shed a light on this uh, this idea
0: of of compassion. Mm-hmm
1: recognition is the next step and that's the the 11th step um you know just recognizing i suppose when we're not compassionate and recognizing when we can be yeah compassionate and finally ralph and there's one that i guess comes back to some of the experiences that you and I have had you know growing up in Sault Ste. Marie and growing up in Alec Muir public school and love your enemies you know yeah who are we talking about you know Bill Kelly who uh, used to beat me up on a regular basis yeah yeah
0: I guess <laughs> yeah and uh, I guess if there's if there's any uh any doubt in the mind of a listener when they're thinking um, of i've encountered x and i don't quite know what to do i would say if you have a choice choose to be kind
1: okay well ralph you've summarized that very well and you uh, take your stand right here beside plato so thank (laughs) you so until next week this is jim and ralph saying Keep your stick on the ice. Because we're all in this together.